Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. But first, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your Word together. And as we do, dear Heavenly Father, we invite the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and guide, to instruct us in the way of truth and righteousness, to unveil to our hearts the deep, rich treasures of your Word, also to quicken us according unto your Word, enabling us to be doers thereof and not hearers only. For all that's achieved among us, we'll be quick to give you the honor, praise, and glory. And I personally thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost that I may with boldness proclaim the truth of the gospel in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. We're going to begin here in Acts chapter 4, looking at verse 23. But first, I want to reiterate a few points I made this morning. Today is Healing Sunday. So, of course, we're talking about healing and learning how to receive from God. And what we want to do is create an atmosphere of faith so that people can have their faith level lifted and be able to receive their needs met according to God's riches of glory by Christ Jesus. Some things we said this morning include, first of all, and if you're taking notes, you can just write this down. Psalm 119, verse 130 says, The entrance of thy words give life. The entrance of thy word gives life, and it gives understanding unto the simple. We all need to have understanding, and we all need to have light. That's what light is, understanding. God doesn't want us to walk in the dark with regard to our blessings and benefits and His promises. In order to have the light, we have to know the Word, because the entrance of the Word gives light. And in order for us to get a hold of the Word, we've got to go to the Bible and study it. Too often, even in many churches today, they're just talking about current events, and they're not talking about the Word of God, or they're talking about traditions. They're not talking about the Word of God. And in some cases, even if they happen to open up the Word of God, you know, it just comes across in a religious way as if it's, it's fantasy. It's not reality. God wants us to have the light. And the reason why we need to have the light is because when man fell from God, he was in darkness, groping about in darkness and not knowing which way to go or which you know, way to turn to find his way back to God. And when he lost that relationship with God... His mental faculties became darkened. And the Bible says that his mind became foolish. He didn't understand the way of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God. He was groping about in darkness. And so our ways are not God's ways. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. So we have got to renew our minds or have our minds restored or renewed to the state that Adam had way before the fall. I believe man lost 90% of his mental faculties when he fell from the presence of God. And if he uses 10% of his mental faculties, he's considered to be a genius. Listen to this. Man at his best is ignorant before God. Man at his best is ignorant before God. Did you hear that? Man at his best is ignorant before God. He does not have the knowledge of God. My goodness. How big is God? He's big. I'll tell you right now. How much wisdom does he have? A whole lot. I'll tell you right now. 
And so we have got to have our minds restored or renewed to the things of God. We've got to begin to learn to walk in the ways of God, for our ways are not His ways. And also we have got to learn to know the thoughts of God, because our thoughts are not His thoughts. And so what we do is we take the Word of God serious. And we discover that in the Word we can have our minds renewed. Those brain cells of ours pop open with light as we receive the knowledge of the Word of God. And we become educated spiritually, so to speak. And we obtain understanding of the ways and purposes of God. The plans of God. And also uh, the, the laws of the Spirit. We went on to say that in order for us to walk in the light with regard to prayer and receiving from God, we have to know what the Word said. The Word said in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His Word or will, He heareth us. And if we know He hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petition that we desired of Him. If a person comes to God and says, Heal me if it be thy will, that person is praying in the dark. He does not have the light of the knowledge of the will of God. That verse said, Pray according to His will. One must know the will of God before praying, in other words. Know what the Word of God says. Know what the will of God is. And we know that the Word of God is the will of God. In John 15, 7, what did Jesus say? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. He's talking about prayer. Ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. And we know that asking is according to the will of God. Why? Because God's Word instructs us in the ways of God. We can't ask outside of the framework of God's Word and expect to receive. We have got to ask according to the Word, which is the will of God. And I said, you can't ask God, Lord, I need a wife, so give me brother so-and-so's wife. You can't do that. That's out of the Word of God. That's out of the will of God. Can't you see that? Well, you know, how do I know that for sure? I'll pray if it be thy will. Lord, if it's, if it's your will, give me somebody else's wife. Well, that's not the will of God. Well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says, Thou shalt not covet another man's wife. Doesn't it? Yeah. So you know you can't pray that way. Isn't that true? Yeah. Absolutely. That would not be praying in the light. That's praying in the dark. That person doesn't know the will of God. And so you teach that person, that's the dark, that's not the light, and you say, that's not right, you shouldn't pray that way, and they correct it and say, Lord, the Word of God says, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Isn't that what it says? And so you said for me to find a wife... And I'll obtain favor. And so I'm asking you to help me discover that person who will be my mate. My helpmate in life. Can you see that? And that's praying in line with the Word of God, which is the will of God. Now, with regard to healing and health, there are many scriptures that tell us it's the will of God that we be healed. In Psalm 103, verse, verses 1 through 3, we read. You can look it up for yourself later, but write down the note there. The, take a note there and write down the verses there. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. And there we have the Word of God that says He heals all thy diseases. In Isaiah 53, it says He bore our sickness and carried our pains. We have that written in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, With His stripes ye were healed. By whose stripes ye were healed. So we have it clear to us. See, it's made very clear to all of us that the Word of God says that with His stripes we were healed. Amen? So, if I want to know the will of God, I just go to the Word of God. What does James 5, 14 and 15 say? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over them, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. 
and the Lord shall raise him up. Amen? Amen. That's what it says. So it must be the will of God that people be healed. And I can give you Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that will verify that fact that God wills healing for our lives. And so when we go to God for healing, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to walk in the light. We're supposed to pray in the light. We're supposed to say, Father, Your Word says it is Your will to heal me. Therefore, I come to You and I ask You to heal me according unto Your will. And 1 John 5.14 says, This is the confidence I have in You that if I ask according to Your will, I know You hear me. And if I know You hear me, I know I have the petition I've desired of You. We went on to say that if that happens, that you ask according to the will of God and the Word of God, immediately comes who? Satan's going to come immediately. Mark 4 says he comes immediately to steal the Word that was sown in your heart. Doesn't he? And that's a sure way to have a date with the devil. See to it that you act on the Word of God, he'll be over tonight for supper. And when he comes and gives you all that doubt and unbelief and tells you that God didn't hear you, we said, feed him a piece of word pie. Amen? Hallelujah. Give him something to chew on. He'll, he'll be put to flight. He'll run away because, you see, he's coming to see to it that he takes away the word from your life. He doesn't want you acting in line with the word of God, which is the will of God, because you're going to get results. And he doesn't want that. And so immediately Satan comes to take the word away from you. And it, he comes through thoughts, even of others. We'll use others to tell you certain things that are contrary to the word of God. Well, you don't want to listen to what he has to say. You want to act on the Word of God in faith and resist Him. We went on to say that it takes faith to receive from God. And in James 1, verses 6 and 7, we found there that you've got to ask God for things in faith. For if not, you'll waver, and any man that wavers is double-minded, and he'll not receive anything from the Lord. Isn't that what it says? Now remember, beloved, we didn't write the book, we're just preaching it. Amen? And he said right there, if you don't ask in faith, if you ask with wavering and doubt, what will you get from God? Say it out loud, everybody. What will you get from God? So we go into it knowing that we're not going to get anything if we doubt and if we waver. Isn't that right? So we make a decision to do what? Not to waver. See, not wavering is a decision that we make. I refuse to doubt. I refuse to entertain any thoughts of doubt or unbelief. I will not agree with doubts. I will not agree with unbelief. I agree with the Word of God. And so by faith I receive whatever it is that God has promised me in His Word or provided in His Word. He provided healing. I receive healing. I know I have it because I know He heard me. And I know He heard me because I asked according to His will. And when the devil comes along and tells you, but why don't you just check and see how you feel? What are we supposed to say? What are we supposed to do? We're not supposed to line up with what He says. We're not supposed to check and see how we feel. We're supposed to say, the Word of God says. The Word of God says. The Word of God says, if I ask according to His will, He hears me. And if I know, it's a personal thing, beloved. I know that He heard me. And I know I have the petition I desired of Him. I know that I know that I know that I know that it's mine right now. Because I did what God said. And God's Word cannot return void. It accomplishes what He pleases in my life. You feed that to the devil and he'll be put to flight. Amen? Amen. See, that's what God wants us to do. That's called being a doer of the Word of God. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what somebody else says. What matters is what did God say? Is there integrity what God said? Is there integrity in what He has spoken in His Word? He's not a man to lie nor the Son of Man to repent. If God said it, He will do it. If He spoke it, He will make it good. Can you say amen? 
See, that's what God wants us to say to the enemy. He wants us to act in faith, to live by faith. Hallelujah. And then we said there's a scripture over there in Romans 8, 11. Another important scripture with regard to the healing of our physical bodies. God wants us to believe in the greater one who resides within us. That scripture says in Romans 8, 11, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And you've got to stop right there for a moment and really think about what that verse said. First of all, the Spirit of God is the mighty Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. And that work of the Spirit of God was the greatest working of God's almighty power and glory. Jesus was there suffering for our sins, separated from His Father. His body was there in the grave. And when, it, when the claims of justice were, were satisfied that were being held against mankind, God spoke from heaven. He said, It is enough. And as He spoke... And said, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. God's Spirit rushed into those caverns of the den, got a hold of the Spirit of our Lord and Savior. The Bible says He was born out of that death. He was brought forth from that place. He hurled off from Himself the powers of darkness. This is a mighty demonstration of the power of God. He went right back into His body, that body that was just absolutely destroyed, you know, by the Roman lictor and also by the sin of the world, and also by the crown of thorns, and the, and the spear that was thrust into his side, and the nail prints in his hands and his, his ankles. We know all that took place. But when the Spirit of God went into him, praise God, he brought him forth from that place with a glorified body. He appeared unto many. That is the greatest working of God's almighty power and glory. And you know what? We may not know until we get to the other side just how powerful that demonstration really was. But we know that those that were there, they were lying around as dead men. The guards were lying as they were dead. Either they were like statues because of the power of God that was inside that tomb where the rock was. It, it blew the rock right out. And, and their bodies were as dead. In other words, they were either prostrate on the ground or they were standing there as statues and couldn't move. My, what a work. What a demonstration. But you know what, beloved? Do we believe this? Do we believe this? That same Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Dwells in me. See, many don't have that light. If you're a born-again, spiritful believer, you have got that same glory on the inside of you. You've got that same power on the inside of you. And what is He doing in there? The Bible said right there, He's quickening your mortal body. Well, if that doesn't get you to shout, and I don't know what will, He is quickening your, quickening your mortal body. He is making alive your mortal body. He is making your body full of health and strength and ability. He's causing those cells to respond to life. Every cell in our body is responding to the life and the ability of the power of God that is within. See, too often we try to go and get it from without. But I'm telling you, there is something on the inside of you. You talk about a hidden secret in believers' lives. Say it with me. The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead indwells me. Is in me now. And quickens my mortal body. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. We should just shout for a while now, just thinking about that. Amen? Whew. If we ever caught that vision, if we ever really saw the depth of that, and then spoke it out, man, I believe the mighty Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. How dare I say we don't have the strength to get a job done? My goodness, 
You ever read over there in John's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 13, where he said about the Comforter is going to come unto you? And that Greek word is the paraclete. He is your helper, your advocate, your teacher, your standby, your intercessor. Isn't that what it says? He is your guide. Isn't that what it says? He is all this to us on the inside of us right now. He is everything that we'll ever need. He is our standby. He's always there on standby. See, if we ever knew that, beloved, we'd call upon Him. What's He doing? He's standing right alongside to help. He is standing not on the outside. He is standing on the inside right alongside to help. And too often we fail to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that the mighty Spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead indwells us and quickens our mortal bodies. Amen. And you see, if we'll acknowledge that by faith, what will be the result thereof? We're going to get it. We're going to get exactly what it says right there in Romans 8, 11. Now, that's a review. What I want us to do right now is to focus in here in the book of Acts, chapter 4 and verse 23. And I want to read through this because it's also important to our lives to understand that we can create an atmosphere of healing right here in this assembly. We can create an atmosphere that will make it easier for us to receive our healing and walk in the life of God. It's up to us to do it. But you know what, beloved? If we'll take the right steps, we can do so. We can do it. We can have it right here in this place. I'm telling you, it'll be a a blessing to every individual who will make a decision to contribute to this atmosphere. Now, you know the story. Peter and John went to the temple about the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And there was a man who was lame from his mother's womb who was laid daily at the gate of of the temple, which is called Beautiful, asking alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to enter into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes on him, which John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God, I want to stop right there. Walking and leaping and what? And what? And what? Praising God. I'm going to tell you something right now, beloved. Another point that has got to be made with regard to us walking in the promises of God, no matter what that promise is, is learning how to praise God before you ever see a manifestation of what it is that you've asked God for. Walking and leaping and praising God. This man was praising God for what He did for him. Well, Jesus has done a whole lot for every single one of us. Every single one of us has been provided for in the New Covenant. And very often, what we're wanting to do is to wait until we see something before we start praising God. And the Word of God teaches us it's important that we praise God before we ever see it. Because, you see, praise, rather, is the highest expression of our faith toward God. And when a person asks God to do something, and he knows that God heard him, and he knows that, that he has the petition, if he really knows that he knows that he knows it, he's going to begin to do what? He's going to praise. Isn't that right? He's going to praise God for something even though he doesn't see it with his natural eye because he knows he has it with his spiritual eye. 
And so he's going to glorify God. It's a reality to him on the inside, and that produces a joy unspeakable that is expressed on the outside. Amen? And so God wants us to know that very often manifestations come into being during the time of praise and worship. When God's people bless Him and worship Him and thank Him in advance for what He has done for them. In other words, Father, I asked You for strength today. And You may feel weak. But because I prayed according to Your will, I know You heard me. And therefore, I know right now I have strength. You stop right there. Now, Father, I praise You. I thank You that I have the strength that I need. Oh, I glorify You because I know it's mine. I have it right now. I know it's mine because I prayed according unto Your will. I know You heard me and I know I have it. I magnify You. I glorify You. I'm I'm so excited for the strength of God in my life. I'll tell you what, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall because of Your ability and Your strength in my life. And before you know it, during that praise, what's happening? The strength of God is rising up on the inside of me. Can you see that? That's what's happening. It's during that time of praise. Well, now, this fellow entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God, thanking God for what he had done. But Peter and John, they got cast into into prison. They got arrested because of what they did. And so, as a result, of course, they wanted to threaten them and don't or have them not teach any longer in that name. Now, the Bible says in verse 23, after they threatened... Peter and John, Acts 4, and being let go, they went to their own company. They went to their own company, now notice, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Now, I want you to notice that first part. They went where? To their own company. In other words, they went to people of like precious faith. I want you to know, beloved, it is important to be among people of like precious faith. Those that believe the way you believe. Those that will encourage your faith. Those that will help you grow spiritually. Those that will stand with you in the time of adversity and in the time of need. It is important that you hook up with people that say, I will stand by your side. I'll believe God together with you. I'll uphold you in the Spirit. Praise God. I'll join my faith with you. You see, beloved, there's going to come a time in all of our lives that we have got to draw from the strength of the company that we associate with. And there are so many in Christianity today that feel as though they can go their own way and do their own thing and still have all that God wants them to have. And that is not true. We need one another. We are the body of Christ and every single one of us needs the other person. We need each other to make up the body of Christ in this place. And we are all going to need the strength that comes from that company of believers at one time or another. And I want to know, beloved, that when there is a situation or when there is a threat that comes my way, I can go back to my own company. When there is an evil report that comes my way, I can go back to my own company. When there is something that is said about me, I can go back to my own company. Whenever there is something that is evil that comes against me, I can go back to my own company and I can say, I want you to join together with me. I want us to stand together in firm agreement, believe in God. Would you believe God with me, saints? Amen. You see, we've got to join up and hook up with our own people of like precious faith and encourage one another in the Lord. You see, there is strength in numbers when we gather together. A threefold cord is not easily broken, is it? Hallelujah. 
See, we unite together. And as we unite together, we lift our voice on high to God. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to read on this with me and just see what it says here. You might find yourself in a situation or a position where you've received an evil report. Something that might threaten your life. What they did was they went back to their own company and they began to say certain things. If your report might be a report of sickness or disease or a terminal situation or, you know, something that's not terminal but still something that could affect you, you know, negatively, let's say for a part of your life. You don't want to carry that around with you. You don't want to be destroyed by that, do you? You want to overcome that. Well, beloved, it says right here, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had sent unto them. And when they heard that, now notice this, they lifted up their, God, their voice to God with one accord. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord. They all joined or united together and they lifted up their voice to God. Here's what they told them. They told them that they have threatened us and told us no longer to teach or preach in the name of Jesus. And so they went their way and told this to the people that they kept company with. And as they all heard that, the first thing they did was what? They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and look at what they did. They said, Lord, Thou art God, which hast made heaven, earth, and sea, and all that in them is. You take today's average congregation, you get somebody who has a situation or a problem, somebody who has been threatened by something or whatever, and for the most part, what people will do is sit around and talk about the problem. They'll talk about the problem. They'll magnify the problem. In today's church world, that's true. But these people did not do that. We can learn something here. These people did not do that. They didn't want to create an atmosphere in which the devil would work. They wanted to create an atmosphere in which God would work. They were not problem conscious. They were not devil conscious. They were God conscious. They were not overcome by the threat. They weren't, already, they weren't even threatened by the threat. They immediately went to God, as we all should learn to do. They gathered together among themselves lifted their voice on high and said, Thou art God that made heaven, earth, sea, and all that in them is. They begin to talk about the goodness of God, the greatness of God. There is something, beloved, that affects us in a positive way when we start talking about the bigness or the greatness of our God and the might of our God. We can learn something here. They had one report, but they got their own report. They would rather keep company with those that believed how big God was rather than those that would believe that man was so big that man could stomp out the work of God. Can you see that? And so they together united in prayer and they said, Thou art God that made heaven and earth seen all that in them is. Let's read on. Who by the mouth of thy servant David said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, 
whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius, that with the Gentiles and people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Now notice this. And now, Lord, here's what they say about the problem. Behold their threatenings. Behold their threatenings. Did you hear what they said? That's all. You know, you can look at it this way. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what the doctor said? Did you hear what the report was? They took it to God, didn't they? Behold their threatenings. Now look, look at what they're saying. Look at what they're saying. Look at what they said about me, your child. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. They immediately went to God. They immediately lifted up their voice. They immediately magnified the greatness of their God and they immediately drew His attention to their threats. And then they asked Him for something. Grant unto thy servant that with all boldness we may preach thy word. By stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders. They weren't going to back off preaching the name of Jesus. They wanted more. They wanted more. They wanted more. More signs and more wonders done by the name of the holy child Jesus. That's what they asked for. Isn't that bold? They did exactly the opposite of what they threatened them about. Isn't that true? They didn't follow through with that. They turned their back on that and said, we'll obey God rather than man. You know, that's how God wants us to be. You realize that if every one of us in this place would maintain those convictions, we create a habitation in this place that would accomplish the same things that accomplished, that was accomplished among them. Listen to what happened. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the Word of God with boldness. The whole place where they were assembled together was shaken by the power of God. See, they touched heaven with their prayer. You know, when you don't magnify the problem, you don't magnify the enemy, you magnify God, you touch heaven. And when you touch heaven, there is a release of power, an unleashing of miracle power. And these people were filled with the Holy Ghost and spanked the Word of God with boldness. And so in their place, in their assembly, where they would gather together, there was an awesome demonstration of the power of the living God. And I want you to go on down, since we're talking about healing, to verse 12 of chapter 5. And I want you to see what took place as a result of their prayer. See, they prayed that signs and wonders would be wrought among them by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. And I want us to to listen carefully how we should pray so that we can also have signs and wonders wrought among us. You recall in the book of 1 Corinthians, we are told that there are certain manifestations of the Spirit, nine to be exact, in three categories. We have the power gifts, we have the revelation gifts, and we have the inspirational gifts. We are told that the Spirit of God will manifest Himself in those various ways among those that are Spirit-filled. Isn't that true? We are told to desire 
these manifestations. Isn't that true? Well, how do we desire those things? By going to God in prayer and believing for those things to be in manifestation among us. Just as they lifted up their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, grant us this, we likewise can go to God in prayer and say, grant us that these manifestations of your Spirit would be in operation where we assemble together. Now listen carefully. We can say, grant us that the inspirational gifts would be in operation where we assemble together. That is, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. We could say, grant unto us that the revelation gifts would be in manifestation. That is, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. We could pray to God and say, grant unto us that when we assemble together, these, these gifts of the Spirit are in operation. The power gifts, special faith, the working of miracles, and gifts of healings. Father, that is our prayer. We pray that these things, these manifestations would be in operation among us as we unite together, as we assemble together, amen, and meet together as a church body so that the whole body would profit with all. That's all He wants us to do, is to ask for these things to be in manifestation. And as we walk in love, putting love first, and then believe God that these gifts would be in operation, what will be the results? God will stretch forth His hand in all these areas of our lives. These operations of the Spirit will be in manifestation when we gather ourselves together in a greater way. As a matter of fact, when we were at the meeting, Brother Hagin said, if you recall, how many recall knowing or hearing about the healing revival in 1947 through 1958? And during that time, it was very easy to get people healed. Well, it seemingly, God had moved upon the hearts of many back then, years before that, to begin praying along those lines. That these gifts of the Spirit would be in manifestation and in operation. That there would be greater signs and wonders to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so they began to pray along those lines, just like we said here tonight. And as a result, the Spirit of God spoke to some of them and said that the healing revival would begin after the war. And in 1947, the healing revival began. And people were being delivered and set free just by walking in the services and somebody just touching them. And just saying that Jesus still heals today. It was the easiest thing in the world to get somebody healed. Well, during the meetings while we were there at the seminar, Brother Hagin said, and the burden I have to pray along the same line is even stronger now than it was then. And if churches would gather together, if believers would gather together and pray along the same line and in the same way, there will be another outpouring of the Spirit of God in like fashion and in the same way, in the same manner. You see, beloved, it takes both faith and operational power to achieve the purpose of God. We have got to believe God as far as the Word is concerned, and also we have to hook up with the Spirit of God to unleash His power, because there will be those who will not be reached unless the power of God is demonstrated and manifested among us. And that is a fact. We want to be able to reach effectively all the people that we possibly can, as many as we possibly can with the gospel. And there will be those that will not be reached 
without signs and wonders and demonstrations of the Spirit. But to have them in operation, we have got to pray along that same line. Amen. And you see, it's in that atmosphere, and it's in that place that even as we assemble together, people will come in, and God's power will be present to heal and deliver them without anybody even touching them or laying hands upon them. God wants us to know that that's how we are to pray. In one accord, just like they did. And look at the results in verse 12 of chapter 5. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. You will notice in the book of Acts, it continually says they were all with one accord. When they got filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 2, they were all in one accord. In the same place, believing God for the same thing. As they continued to worship God, as they gathered from house to house, again, it says they were all joining themselves together in one accord. Same heart, motives, same mindset, same purposes. Wanting to have a greater move of God in their midst. We see when they were threatened, they did the same thing, all of one heart, one mind, one accord. And said, stretch forth thine hand to heal, that many signs and waters will be wrought by the name. We want that name to produce signs and wonders like never before. Why? To reach the unreachable. To touch the untouchable. Do you see that? And beloved, praise God, we're living in a time right now when we can expect to see a greater manifestation of the Spirit of God among us than ever before. Only we have got to unite. We've got to join together. How many of you want to see the greater working of God's power in your life? Amen. How many of you want to unite together and see a greater manifestation of the Spirit of God? One like we've never seen or experienced before. Hallelujah. That's exactly what it's all about. That's what we want. We want to back off and let God be bigger. Amen. Too, t- too often, many are just concerned about their programs to reach the ones that are out there. It's going to take a program of the Spirit. It's going to take a program of the mighty Holy Ghost that raised up Jesus from the dead. And beloved, it's going to take believers... Uniting together in one heart, one mind, of one accord, and saying, I believe God. I believe God. I believe that God is bigger than a problem. I believe that God who made heaven, earth, and sea is bigger than AIDS. He is bigger than cancer. He's bigger than tuberculosis. He is bigger than the problems we face in this life today. And this is a place where you can come and discover that God indeed is bigger. He is greater. Can you say amen? And if we believe that, He'll show Himself to be strong on our behalf. Many signs and wonders were wrought among them. And of the rest, in verse 13, there's no man join himself to them. But the people magnified God. Oh, they magnified God. There was, I'm telling you, a spirit of praise about them that magnified God. Hallelujah. Like no one ever did before. They were constantly worshiping and praising God. I'm telling you, when these people got filled with the Holy Ghost, they were constantly in the Spirit glorifying God, magnifying God from the depth of their soul. And let's let's read on. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Signs, wonders, miracles, praise, worship, believers added. Multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. And laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. 
there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. There was a residue. There was an outflow of rivers of life that absolutely manifested itself among those people because they believed God. I'm telling you, they believed to see the power and the glory of God in operation among them. Now, beloved, we have faith in healing. We have faith in the Word that says we are healed. We are also to have faith in the power of God to be present among us to touch even those that are brought to us who don't even know God. That's the truth. You'll find out that these people weren't even saved. And they were brought and the power of God that was manifest delivered and set them free. As a matter of fact, when T.L. Osborne first got started in ministry, he would go into these foreign lands, these foreign countries where people never heard about Jesus. And I'm telling you, the first thing he would do, he'd walk up behind a pulpit and he would say to the people, I want to tell you something about Jesus Christ. But I want you to know this. If Jesus Christ is who I say He is, He is alive right now. I'm not telling you about a dead person, somebody who made a claim and then died, and that's the end of that person's life. I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is still alive today. And before I preach to you one word from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, He said, I'm telling you He's alive now, He's here now, and to prove it, He will heal your body right where you sit. And if He doesn't, then don't believe on Him. He'd stop right there. You know what took place? People would be throwing their canes. People that never heard before would, would just all of a sudden jump up and start shouting out and screaming out that they could hear. They'd run up on a platform. Blind eyes were open. The lame began to walk. The blind began to see. The deaf began to hear. Leprosy disappeared from people's bodies. You think he had a platform to preach from then? You, cer- you certainly know that he did. He did. Why? Signs and wonders were wrought among them which left an opening to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Beloved, God wants us to have a heart hunger for His power to be in manifestation like never before. And it's got to be deep on the inside of every child of God. If you want to see the greater working of God's power, it takes faith. And our faith can produce those kinds of results in this place right here where we assemble together. That shadow of Peter was nothing more than the Holy Ghost manifesting Himself to these believers' lives they so strongly believed in the manifest presence of God. They so strongly believed in the power of the living God. I'm telling you, they believed it to such an extent that they knew He would go before them and accomplish the purpose of His will through them. See, there was something about that simplicity of faith, something that they knew, they trusted in, and they delivered unto the people. I'm telling you, beloved, God's saying to us, He wants the same power manifested in this place among us. He wants us to rise up to new heights and levels of faith and belief in the mighty one that raised up Jesus from the dead. He wants us first to acknowledge that He is on the inside of us and He is big and He is mighty and He is all-powerful. He is more than enough to meet our individual need and also to manifest Himself through us. He wants us not just to sing the song, there's a river of life flowing out from me, makes the lame to walk in the blind to see. He wants us to start believing that that's exactly what that power will do and it will manifest through us to accomplish those purposes. Hallelujah. Every single one of us can lift our heart and voice to God in one accord and believe God for those same things. And if we will, we'll have those manifestations among us. Do you want those manifestations of the Spirit of God?
Do you want that kind of reality with God right here in this place? If you really do, and you mean it with all of your heart, I want to ask you to come up here, stand around this altar, and join with me in prayer, if you would, please. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.